When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, everybody, to the second hour of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. I want to talk to you about borders here for a moment. Uh, we could start with our own border, and then we'll discuss what's going on far, far away, a border that's getting a lot of attention, certainly the media and all over uh, the world right now, at least the Western world and its media. I want to start with ours, though, because while the Biden regime is very focused in on the situation in Ukraine, and you're going to see a lot more talk about what's happening there, and, and there could be an invasion any day by Russia, what will the scope and scale of that invasion be? Who knows? We're still trying to figure all this out. But just so you know about our own border, the southern border, the first three months of fiscal year 22, there have been over half a million encounters at the southern border. That means essentially they've had either a an arrest to make of someone crossing illegally or a gotaway, someone coming into the country they know is illegal and then who makes a run for it. That is more than double the first three months of fiscal year uh, 2021. And the same period of time, CBP released its December border numbers, 178,840 encounters in December. So, you know, getting close to 200K for the month. That is an increase over November. It is definitely a lot higher than the 73,000 encounters in December of 2020. So in December, the last month, we had data from the uh, Customs and Border Patrol, 178,000 encounters. Our border is basically open. So let, let's just talk about that for a second here, because there's no there's no interest from the Democrat Party in doing anything about this other than keeping it going. I mean, they actually think that this is of benefit to them. So now let's I just wanted to put that out there for the context here of the enormous focus that's now going to be spent uh, across the apparatus of our government and the media industrial complex for Ukraine which, for those who like these bits of trivia, actually means borderlands in Slavic, uh, in a Slavic language. That's where the name comes from. Ukraine has been on the borderland of 
what is the Russian Empire or the Russian Federation now for a very long time. It's been thought of that way. The very name itself means border, essentially. And, Clay, now we're being told that we have to be ready for a major crisis. Why are these crises happening under the Biden administration? Here is the Deputy National Security Advisor saying, you know, man, it's just the fact that it's all happening when Biden's in office, it's all a coincidence. I know there's a lot of temptation to connect these issues because uh, these events are taking place simultaneously. Uh, the North Korea challenge has been with us for quite some time, uh, really going back years uh, and, and actually decades. The United States has been very clear that it considers North Korea's missile test to be provocative, to be a threat to peace and stability. We have taken action with regard to sanctions. Just in recent days and weeks, we've taken action uh, at the Security Council, and we will continue to provide all manner of reassurance uh, to our Asian allies. Allies, uh, in particular, uh, the South Koreans and the Japanese uh, with regard to these tests. But I don't see these issues as, as connected in any way other than they took place, you know, taking place around the same time. It's, it's just a coincidence, Clay. You got Afghanistan debacle, China getting more aggressive, North Korea getting aggressive, Russia making. That's all a coincidence under Biden. Yeah, they clearly don't have any respect for Biden. And this is why, even if you are. Very anti Joe Biden, as virtually everybody listening right now is. You don't want him to be a complete pathetic nincompoop, which is where he is right now, because our adversaries will take advantage of his weakness. And in addition to the loss of life, which was indefensible, that happened in Afghanistan, the message that that sent was our foreign policy is weak, ineffective, inconsistent. And there is no reason to trust what the Americans say. And now the same thing might be playing out in Ukraine. And again, it directly implicates what might happen in China as it pertains to Taiwan, not to mention what Iran is going to think about uh, the, the nuclear agreement that is going on there, what North Korea is going to believe going forward as they try to draw more attention to themselves. It's as if many people have just stopped paying attention to North Korea over the past couple of years. And Buck, the United States, through Jen Psaki, just said that they believe a Ukraine invest uh, and a Ukraine uh, uh, overall attack is imminent. Okay, an invasion is imminent. So the question that I have here is, what is Putin waiting for? What is his? So we know that that likely the United States response is going to be ineffectual and not particularly able to mobilize a large contingent of Europe to agree. That's one of the challenges here. What do you think? Let's flip the script, because clearly the United States is mostly responding to what Russia is doing in ter- in terms of they're not leading this interaction in any way. What's Putin's time frame here? Why is he got 100,000 troops mobilized? What could he be waiting for? What is his go moment, for lack of another uh, phrase, given the fact that the United States has been characterizing a Russia invasion of Ukraine is imminent for some time now. So there's there's two basic models of what they think this is going to kick off with. And depending on who you ask, you know, analysts come at this from different perspectives, and we're going to find out soon who's right. There's the there's the more established Russian protocol of what they call Maskarovka, which is warfare by deception, essentially, meaning oh, we're not invading, we're just going to help provide security at this one location where there's been a disturbance involving some Russian uh, Russian nationals, uh, Russian speakers, rather, who feel like they need greater protection. I mean, and, and to, to anyone listening to this, you start rolling your eyes, you're like, come on, 
doesn't matter. The whole point is that it's pretextual. It's a false flag. That's right. But it justifies the action. It, it's, it's pretextual. So the pretextual, uh, textual, um, uh, essentially invasion by stealth, which they've already been doing. We have to remember, this is essentially an escalation of that which has already been underway in Donbass. There is trench warfare going on in Donbass, has been for five, six years now. Uh, they already seized Crimea with a referendum. Maybe they are gonna, they're going to concoct some kind of storyline that requires some degree of, and I say requires in quotes, some degree of military action to provide clay to greater stability and security in some east uh, region of eastern and, or northeastern Ukraine. That's one possibility. The other is all out blitzkrieg, get it done, you know, go for it, go big, Putin style. And people are saying that is also a possibility here that would clearly be an effort i think to get rid of the existing regime install a pro-russian government i don't think they're looking really for a full-on occupation and this is another part where where a lot of analysts are already disagreeing they just want to make sure that there is a a greater uh well let, let's just be honest they want a russian puppet they want essentially what they have in belarus where they have somebody who effectively takes orders from Putin, although it's technically another country, uh, they want that in Ukraine. They don't want any tilt toward NATO. They don't want any tilt toward Europe. And so it might be relatively short if they go even with that big blitzkrieg, because the part of it that'll get really hard for them. I don't think anyone thinks that the Russians going in with, with heavy tanks and and all the air power and the close air support they can bring would be something that Ukraine could really fight against. But we know from Afghanistan, from Iraq, from other places you're going to occupy a place that doesn't want to be occupied. Russians aren't going to be able to handle that very well at all. So they need it to either be limited and controlled or quick, a blitzkrieg strike, topple the government, throw in some other, you know, some puppet, essentially. I think these are the options that are on display right now. And by the way, nobody knows except Putin. And Putin may still be deciding what he wants to do. And the other thing, and you kind of hinted at it, is how sustained and also in the moment is ukrainian resistance likely to be by which i mean how much actual fighting would occur if russia decides to invade ukraine they may well get run over but is this a situation like what we saw happen in iraq when the overwhelming uh, majority of the united states forces swept in and most iraqi soldiers just said yeah we've got no real interest in tangling with the american forces or are there elements of ukraine uh, the Ukrainian military that are willing to be dug in and really kind of battle it out. Uh, and, and, and how does that change the calculus of what might take place here? I think the belief is that, and, and again, you have to rely on some degree. I, I hate consensus in foreign policy because foreign policy consensus is usually wrong. Uh, but right now, most people seem to be, you know, people watching from this country who follow Ukraine and, and Eurasia closely that the Ukrainians will fight. Um, and they'll fight pretty hard in the early stages if it's within their capability to do so. They do not have the armor and the air support, though, if this becomes a full-scale invasion to do all that much. It's really in the occupation and insurgency phase where you'd see, because they've mobilized also a lot of uh, essentially their version of a kind of National Guard. They've mobilized people who have limited training. But if you want to fight for your homeland, you don't need a lot of training if you've got an AK-47 and a couple of RPGs and you know the terrain and you know who's who to cause a whole lot of problems for people. So will it go into that phase? And would, would, uh, would he even want that? I mean, here, for example, is Boris Johnson, the for, at least for now still, the prime minister in the U.K., 
saying that this could be like Chechnya. Invading Ukraine from a, from a Russian perspective is going to be a painful, violent and bloody business. And I think it's very important that people in Russia understand that this could be a new Chechnya. So they went into Chechnya in 1999, the Russians did, and it got very nasty. Now, Chechnya was a hotbed of Islamic radicalism. In fact, at different times, it was even considered as a primary front for al-Qaeda back in the back in the day with old school al-Qaeda. Uh, and so that's when he's when he's bringing that up. I mean, the Russians had a pretext to clear out militants in a a small Caucasus country and they went in, and it it was it was ugly. There's actually two Chechen wars, by the way. I mean, there have been two major military incursions into Chechnya by the Russians. Um, I don't think that they want that in Ukraine. And keep in mind, Chechnya is a tiny place with a small population compared to what you have if you're going to go into Ukraine with about 40 million people, I believe. Whole different ballgame. I'll tell you what, Buck. It's kind of nice when all we had to worry about was mean tweets. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, for all of the, uh, we'll talk about this more. We got a loaded show for you, by the way. Alex Berenson in third hour, Gordon Chang, uh, also hanging out with us. But remember when that was all the focus every day, every morning, Trump would send out a tweet and people would be all uh, up in arms about it. I don't remember there being a lot of fears of invasion. Uh, and, uh, geopolitical tensions were while, uh, while they might have been trumped up in many ways, no pun intended there. They were nothing like what we're dealing with right now. And that doesn't even consider inflation, the border, stock markets down 500 points today, was yo-yo totally yesterday, uh, everything associated with murder rates skyrocketing in the country. The Bidus touch really does destroy everything that it touches. It is, it is remarkable to consider how much worse things are right now than they were in February of 20, just, after three years of Trump presidency. You know how Clay in high school sometimes, just quick review class before we all go, quick review everybody. Biden is an obvious cognitive decline. He has never been an impressive leader. He has very little in accomplishments to actually show for over 40 years in, quote, public life and ran highly unsuccessfully for president three times before this. And even Democrats laughed at him. This is what you get when you make that person president. That is that is my quick review for the class. It's unfortunate on a seismic level. Mike Lindell, inventor of MyPillow, he has a passion to help you get the best sleep of your life. Team Fitness for our very own MyPillows. And right now, thanks to you guys, they have been built into an incredible company. And they have a special offer. The My Slippers. Buck wears them. I got to tell you, my wife wears these things everywhere. She absolutely loves them. Right now, they are 50% off with the promo code Clay and Buck. Slippers. All-day comfort, extra cushioning made to wear both inside and outside. We've also got an overstock sale going on, deep discounts on select pillows, towels, sheets, and more for a limited time. Buck, how do you get hooked up? Just go right now to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener specials. Check out the sale and for 50% off the My Slippers. Remember, all my pillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. You just enter that promo code Clay and Buck, or call 800-792-3269. That's 800-792-3269 for these great radio specials. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year 
equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Encourage you to go subscribe to the podcast while you still can. Uh, Neil Young, not a big fan of Spotify, by the way. Did you see this story? Has insisted that his music be removed from Spotify as long as Joe Rogan's podcast is up, if you were Spotify CEO, what would your response be to Neil Young? Uh, this is this is a pretty funny one. Uh, it's it's always a bad thing in any media entertainment business to wildly publicly overestimate your value. Uh, they paid a hundred million dollars for Joe Rogan at Spotify. I'm pretty sure they could live without the Neil Young catalog. I'm just going to say this, and no disrespect, uh, no disrespect to the Neil Young fans out there. Unlike this is going to be Spring- disrespectful to Neil Young fans, uh, by the way. When uh, you uh, say no disrespect, it immediately is going was, to be well, disrespectful. I was going to say, because I, I do like to pick fights with Bruce Springsteen fans, because a lot of yes. them live in New Jersey, and I love my New Jersey brothers and sisters, but I like to pick fights with them over Springsteen. But I sit here, I, I can't even, I don't even know enough about Neil Young's catalog to make fun of him. I think I know more about Kenny G's catalog of songs than Neil Young at this point. You know, it's funny, and I'm not a music guy, right, like in terms of being super knowledgeable, but my first thought of Neil Young is, doesn't, is it Sweet Home Alabama? Doesn't, don't they say, I hope Neil Young will remember? 
And I don't even think it's the same Neil Young. I think that was like the governor of Alabama at the time. Was right. That, that would be sad. Like if there was a great, because uh, Sweet Home Alabama is one of the great all-time American rock songs. Imagine if there was a like a Clay Travis reference that wasn't to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, feel like I think it's another... a different Neil Young. I don't even know what Neil Young sings that I would know that I was. Oh, missing. he's saying it's the same. Uh, the, the, the guys in here, we got, a, you know, we got the, uh, the team in here. They say yes. that. It's the same Neil Young. That makes more okay. sense. So it is the same Neil Young. Then that's the only time I even think about Neil Young. So as long as they leave Sweet Home Alabama there, I don't even care. The Neil Young's most famous part of his musical career may be the shout out that he gets in the Sweet Home Alabama song. Isn't it amazing to watch as at a broader level, you have these different, whether it's musicians, actors who you think of them because we grew up and certainly the generation before us, Clay, grew up. Uh, are you technically Gen? I'm technically a millennial. What's up? You're technically Gen Y. I'm the oldest. No, I'm the oldest member of Generation X. Oh, Generation I think, X. I think G- millennials begin in 1980. I yes, think that's I was right. born in 1979. Yeah, so I missed it by like eight months. So we're we're technically members of different generations. Right. So, but so the generation that came before both of us, uh, you know, they they I think thought of artists, musicians in particular, as counter. You think of Jimi Hendrix, these revolution, Woodstock. all this stuff. Just Woodstock now, in general. Yeah. Now they're all the man. They've yeah. all, even Howard Stern has turned into the man. I mean, he's not a musician, but we see what's going on. They're supporting the biggest control grab of human beings in the United States in living memory. And they're a part of the machinery. It's amazing. Neil Young is the man. Well, think about this, too. College kids today, some of them are demanding that their freedoms be more regulated. For anybody out there who was a baby boomer, for anybody who remembers the Vietnam protests, there right now are the safest generation of people that has ever existed in the history of the United States, right? If you're 18 years old and you're in college right now, hopefully some of you are listening to us, you have never been under less physical danger in the entire history of the United States, right? Your physical danger is lower, yet they feel so overwhelmingly fearful that they are demanding that schools take away their freedoms, Buck. They were, they're, they're basically protesting to be regulated more. It's wild to think about, and I hope that at some point there are going to be some of these kids that are brave enough to step back and say, wait, it's not rebellious to be on the side of everyone in positions of power. <laughs> That's the opposite of rebellion. And uh, we'll talk about this a little bit more. But with each mortgage-free home, Tunnel the to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good. Never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us. Last fall, between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, they provided a mortgage-free home every day to a family in need. People have risked their lives our country and our communities need your help now more than ever that's why the foundation brings the comfort of knowing they can stay in their homes where they made memories with their fallen loved one for other families the foundation enables new memories to be cherished forever all of this possible because of your generosity and support help our nation's greatest heroes and their families donate 11 dollars a month to tunnel the towers at t2t.org that's t the number two T.org. Make sure you do it today. That's T, the number two, T.org. Obviously, it's very stressful on my family, my wife, and my children, the continual attacks and the ad hominems that are related to nothing but pushing back 
on the public health principles that I talk about, but this is too important. This is the kind of thing that I've devoted my entire career, certainly over the last 40 plus years in public health, science and medicine. And we are in a crisis right now and there's no chance I'm going to walk away from this. This is something that's too important. I am too important, Fauci wants you to know. Welcome back to the Clay and Buck Show. You know, he's never going to go away willingly until it's all over. Or Republicans are in charge and I'll have to answer hard questions he doesn't want to. And people are going to start to say, hold on a second. Was any of this worth it that you made us go through? Was any of the mandates? Remember, uh, the, the shots came to us through Operation Warp Speed. This is not, no, no, there's no argument that, oh, we, we, we should, you know, no one should have taken the shots or the shots aren't helpful for some people in some in some ways. That's not the argument. The argument is, should you have made people go through lockdown, social distancing, Lysol and groceries, masking up, double masking, N95 masking, school closures? Did any of that do anything is is where we are. You know, how Clay and I feel about this. But as people get clarity on this, I think they're going to realize what the heck is going on. What has happened to us here? And so that's that's one one note I just wanted to put out there. And then, Clay, you're seeing a lot of focus right now on masks in schools. I know we, we, we talk about masks here a lot, and it's because I believe it is the foundational sacrament of Fauciism. And it's also the first the first time Clay and I ever talked to each other on radio was over the issue of what's with these stupid masks. They're not going to do anything. So we've that was like March of 2020, maybe April of 2020. Um, here we are, though, now where there are some school districts just in New York, the Supreme Court, not the Court of Appeals, which is higher, but the Supreme Court of the state of New York has said that the governor, Hochul, who is an imbecile, does not have the authority to make everybody in schools mask up. So a judge has already ruled that they're exceeding their authority there. In Virginia, the governor, Youngkin, has decided that you don't have to wear a mask. Same thing, by the way, in Florida. You don't they can't make your child wear a mask. Here is just to give you a sense of what a what a religious belief this has become. These are the kind of people they put on TV. NYU epidemiologist Dr. Gounder says it's good that L.A. schools are requiring surgical style masks now an enhancement, Clay. No more Biden, Kamala, balaclava, you know, uh, to wear or, you know, like one of those gators, whatever they call those things, even outdoors. Starting today, Los Angeles County Schools, they're going to now prohibit students from wearing those cloth masks. Students must wear well-fitted non-cloth masks with a nose wire at all times, including outdoors. Is that a step that more schools should be taking or is that unnecessary right now? We as human beings, we need to learn to adapt so that we will survive COVID. And that does mean, for example, uh, upping our mask game using higher quality masks. And we know that surgical masks do protect even better than cloth masks. So this is a very reasonable move the LA schools are making right now. It is it is insane, Clay. This, this woman is appalling. Imagine, go back in time. Imagine if instead of arguing in favor of masks, which make no sense, and clearly our, our buddy at ENMSC, I don't know if you just saw this, Buck, during the course of our show, he has a new graphic showing the rates of COVID infection for states with mask mandates and states without mask mandates, and the states without mask mandate actually have a lower rate of COVID than the places with mask mandates right now. So... The data doesn't reflect that masks work at all, and it never has. 
And if it did, you would see, obviously, an incredibly divergent path there as opposed to the numbers almost exceeding, almost always saying pretty similar. But imagine if our national health experts in March of 2020, Buck, had come out and said, instead of don't leave your homes, lock down beaches, lock down kids' playgrounds, lock down gyms, you can't even go to a movie theater. Imagine if they had come out and said, hey, COVID is here. The data, which we already knew, reflects that the elderly and the obese are under the most danger. So what we would suggest is a national exercise plan. We want everyone out there to become hyper-aware of what you're eating and counting calories and exercising in an effort to get yourself healthier because COVID is going to be an ever-present threat But the best thing that you can do is not socially distance. It's not to wear a mask. It's to get yourself into better physical shape so you are better prepared to fight off illness, whether it's COVID or something else. Imagine how much more healthy the United States would be right now, Buck, if all of the time that we have spent expending on vaccine mandates and on mask mandates, instead, we had made an incredible effort to get people to exercise. You're also seeing something. I mean, yes, all of that right? is true. I mean, right? it, all, all of that is true. Be, I mean, it is. It's going to be tough be better for an 85 year old with four comorbidities to, you know, drop 40 pounds and get into great shape. <laughs> nonetheless. But but I, I see what you're saying. And I, I agree. I mean, there could have been a much bigger focus on overall health. Um, all along here, especially when people have all this time from work from home and no, no, they shut down the gyms or they make you wear a mask in a gym, which is completely absurd. They shut down parks. You couldn't even go on a hike. But who I I had friends who were screamed at by people outdoors, nowhere near them for not wearing a mask outside. They were afraid that the virus, like a heat-seeking missile yes. fired from a MiG fighter jet or something, was going to you know hit them fifty feet away. These people are complete- it's like people who jog in masks. I mean, outdoors. What are these people thinking? That was the that was the norm in New York for a long time. There, folks. These people are nuts. I mean, this is what you have to say. You're not dealing with rationality anymore. You're dealing with what is essentially a state-enforced cult with a massive Democrat Party media apparatus pushing this on everybody and it knows that if it stops pushing it then all of a sudden there can be problems for their power so they don't know they've got the tiger by the tail so to speak they, they don't want this to end jen Psaki was asked by peter Ducey, high five peter's good <laughs> he can't pay for all the good publicity he's gonna last 24 hours he's a good guy ask good questions you and i both like peter but good for him man because it's just he should be doing backflips with all the uh craziness the libs are throwing at him here's jen Psaki. Telling uh, telling Peter Ducey that it's not parents who should make decisions about children's health. It's public health officials on schools in Virginia. Seven districts representing 350,000 students are suing the state. They're hoping to get a strict mask mandate for students that has been rolled back by the new governor reinstated. So who does the president think knows best for students, school board members or parents? Well, the president believes that public health officials have the best guidance on what we can all do to protect ourselves, including teachers, administrators, and students. I mean, she's in an indefensible position all the time, and so she says indefensible things to defend what's indefensible. But, Clay, what what public health officials? I mean, where, where are they on this one? Show us the data. 
there isn't anything to support it. It's the emperor that wears no clothes. And that's why, you know, I went on Hannity on Friday and I've said it on this show, too. I'm not going to get my kids a vaccine and my kids are not going to go to school and wear masks. And that's the kids in my life, like the kids in everybody out there listening's lives, whether you're a parent or grandparent. That is the most important thing you recognize in your life. But what we trust parents to do is analyze risk for their children That's really probably the single most important job of a parent since your goal is to get your kids into healthy adulthood. And the idea, you heard Rand Paul earlier on this show, I've got a kid turning 14 this week. He's going to be a ninth grader next year. He's an eighth grader now. He's a teenager going through puberty. Like the myocarditis risk to him, Buck, is more substantial than the COVID risk to him based on the data. He's probably already had COVID because that I've had it twice. My wife's had it. We haven't ever, he's never had any symptoms, but it would, it would totally make sense that he would have had it too. He doesn't need the vaccine. And most kids out there don't have any need whatsoever for any kind of COVID vaccine or COVID shot, whatever you want to call it. What you're seeing is the tyranny of bureaucracy where people are saying you have to do something, not because they think you have to do it, but because someone else who is never responsive to you, never accountable to you, is telling someone else to make you do something. This is why this never gets fixed. This is why we're never able to shout at these commie lunatics and get them to see the light. But we're not going to stop. Look at the volatility of the stock market just yesterday. It's anything but a stable and consistent environment to trust all your savings and IRA accounts to. In a world of instability and rising inflation, there is a resource that you can invest in as a form of protection against that volatility. Gold. Real gold. I rely on a company, the Oxford Gold Group, to handle my purchases of gold. They've made it easier to understand the value proposition and the long-term thinking with each conversation. And they've arranged for the delivery of the gold I purchased to my home. Yes, it's fun to hold and admire, but for me, like so many others, holding that real gold you own is value. It's safely locked away, and you know it's there, and it's growing in value over time. If you think buying gold is complicated, it's not. Our friends at the Oxford Gold Group or who who you need to call, they'll explain everything to you. Give them a call at 833-404-GOLD and learn how you can have real gold in your IRA and delivered to your door. That's the Oxford Gold Group at 833-404-GOLD, 833-404-G-O-L-D. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. 
Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, been juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We have got a... Positive story out there, Buck. So you've talked about this. I've talked about this. A lot of people who are sports fans and don't consume uh, a place like OutKick or uh, pay attention to stories like these may not even know this happens because ESPN basically hasn't covered this story, nor have any of the other major sports outlets. But you have a University of Pennsylvania men's swimmer who uh, for three years was on the men's team that decides to become a woman flips over and becomes a woman and now is potentially going to set in March all-time records for women. This is a biological man swimming as a woman. And a lot of people have been afraid to speak out and have any opinion about this, even though virtually everyone who cares about sports at all, best man or best woman, best woman wins. And we know that if women's sports were going head-to-head against men's sports, Men would win everything because men are bigger, stronger, and faster than women. By the way, doesn't mean that some women are not bigger, stronger, and faster than men. Just means that the elite, high-level athletic competition, men are always going to dominate women in every single athletic category. Well, this is crazy because people have not been willing to speak out because they're afraid of condemnation or being accused of being anti-transgender. And this is the power of far left-wing sports ideology that now suffuses all of society, is people are afraid to say what are self-evident truths. Finally, we have got a men's swim team coach who spoke out and said, this is wrong. I want to give him credit here. Rice, the uh, Rice University, their swim coach Seth Houston openly spoke out about this and said uh, in an interview with SwimSwam.com, which is a swimming website, he thinks, "quote It's black and white right now. You compete as what you were biologically born until we get to the point where we've expanded opportunities. You know, for instance, in transgender." Uh, And so credit to him 
for actually being willing to speak out. He said, because the NCAA rules are, are, are not adjusting, the NCAA has proven once again that it's not leading, it's not even following. The NCAA governance has become a bystander waiting for other organizations to make tough decisions. Uh, the, they are frustrated with the lack of NCAA leadership. He says, I respect this swimmer, all of that. I'm completely okay with the opportunity uh, uh, to compete, but I think Title IX, we have to give time to accommodate, whether that's creating a third division, a transgender division, or whatever. So uh, those quotes, I mean, Buck, it speaks to how crazy the world we live in is that this is the first coach that has been willing to publicly say this is wrong because they're all so terrified of being targeted. Yep. Speaking the truth, the most obvious truth is a revolutionary act these days, as the saying goes. And it, it is just it just keeps getting more absurd. And they're going to keep pushing because they don't care. The same way that they keep pushing on other things when it comes to COVID. They're going to keep pushing on the trans agenda because it's about power, friends. Brian in upstate New York, been to Ukraine three times since 2014, huh, Brian? Yes, yes, I have. What do you want to tell us about it? Well, I want to tell you that while I was there, I um, I met many, uh, many different Ukrainians, including we had one opportunity to go all the way to the front lines. I was, I've actually been in the city of Mariupol and the uh, Sorokina and all of that war-torn area. And I want to tell you that um, the the Ukrainians, the, what's going on in Russia now, it, yes, it's escalation, but there has been a wartime front on um, the Ukrainians have been fighting with the Russians on their eastern front for the last eight years. Um, and, and it's been a constant thing. It's been a way of life for them. And I heard you guys talking about, um, hey, you know, are they going to are they going to really fight? Are they going to, you know, kind of back off if they all of a sudden get a massive incursion, whatever? Um, the, the Ukrainian people are one of the most patriotic people I have ever met. I wish every single American was as patriotic as the uh, Ukrainians that I met. In the three different times that I was there, and I will tell you this: that um, the Ukrainian people, um, they fight to the death, and they almost have to and want to because if you get captured by the Russians, they do terrible, terrible things to you. If you, if you are quote unquote lucky enough to be let go and sent back to your village, they make sure that you have been. Uh, well, I heard multiple testimonies of different men um, that actually got away and were like castrated. They they do that. They literally do that to, to people um, if if they even let you go before they torture you to death. So Ukrainians are super patriots. They are have been fighting, and they will fight to the death. I just wanted to give a firsthand account of the, the Ukrainians that I have known and I have met while I was there. Brian. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for, thanks for calling in. And, yeah, Russian atrocities in Chechnya are well documented. Russian atrocities, then Soviet atrocities in Afghanistan. I've read extensively about that. Uh they do not care about the Geneva Convention. That's putting it mildly. They do awful things to captives. This war could get very bloody if it does, in fact, start in the first place, which we are still waiting to see what happens. Paul, we got about a minute in Duluth, Minnesota. Paul, what have you got for us? Yeah, you said earlier, you know... It... Oh, we lost him. Okay, Paul, he, he decided he was he was done. Kelly in Ogden, Utah. we got less than a minute. Kelly, what have you got for us? Well, real quick, I just want to preface this with... Uh... A warning Rush gave us often, don't try to think you're going to gain traction by accusing the left 
of being hypocritical. But the hypocrisy, and I enjoy you guys talking about it, is the bullying is supposed to be reprehensible to the left to be a bully. But Obama and his little brother, Biden, are big on bullying. And, and that's maybe works in the U.S. Senate, but Biden calling names to a, a reporter because he got a question he couldn't handle. Well, that's bullying. And, and Obama with his, I got a pen, I got a cell phone. Well, thanks for calling in. Um, we got Alex Berenson joining us in a few. Stick around. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 